so we always you know we say look shoot for the gold every time you put something in your mouth think do i have some protein some healthy fat and some carb but at the very minimum try not to eat a naked carb i like that um, I like that, that that usually helps that's that's kind of a real practical everyday thing and when when people kind of shift their mindset to start thinking about that they realize one how much protein they're really not eating like most people say oh yeah i get adequate amounts of protein and then we have them track it and they're shocked right. that they're yeah. not eating like half of what they half think they're what. eating in this week's episode of the after 40 reboot podcast we talk about what does a healthy day of eating look like? It's not about counting calories or worrying uh, you're not getting enough of this or that. Really, it's about eating a balanced meal. But the coaches uh, in this episode give you a pretty good breakdown of what's important, what isn't important, what you should really focus on, and the keys to maintaining it. So please give this a listen, share it with your friends, give us a follow. And if you have any comments, please let us know. Hi, Coach Mike here with Coach LM, and today's topic is what is a healthy day of eating look like? And it's different for many people, um, but you know, more importantly, you know, obviously, why do we eat well? We want to fuel fuel our muscles well. We want to be able to think straight and not have brain fog and and all these different things. And you know, we don't want to, you know, as a kid, uh, you could eat a ton of sugar and just like blow right through it. But as we get to be an adult, if you do that, what happens if you have a big sugary lunch? You got that one o'clock, two o'clock, you know, head starts to nod at the desk. You don't know what you're doing anymore. Maybe if you work at home, you take a nap for five or 10 minutes. Um, but we're going to talk a little bit about that. I'll let LM get into the, the blood sugar stuff. And then we're going to talk about what a, what a healthy day of eating looks like. But LM, take it away for the blood sugar. And I'm interested to hear this. Yeah. So I think, you know, you just, you just hit the nail on the head. Um, we start at After 40 Reboot in our nutrition module. We talk about blood sugar stabilization. We start here very purposefully because it's really the foundation and baseline, regardless of what any diet you may be following. And I mean, you know, type of diet, like if you're a vegetarian, pescatarian, carnivore, and then, you know, the, the various uh, diets that are out there, keto, paleo, whatever. This applies across the board. So why is blood sugar stabilization important? Well, if you think about your blood sugar, you want your blood sugar to stay relatively stable throughout the day. So think about it as like a horizontal line with just a few little bumps in it. That is optimal blood sugar stabilization. What happens when you eat too much sugar and you don't have enough protein or fat to kind of break up the consumption of the sugar by your digestive system is you get these crazy spikes in that line. So if you were to map out what your blood sugar line looks like throughout the day, there are definitely going to be leaps after you eat food. But you want those those bumps, those spikes to be minimal. You don't want them to be sky high. Well, when you eat a lot of sugar, guess what? They go sky high. And then your blood sugar crashes and you come down and that's why you feel tired and that's why you get brain fog. Okay. Conversely, if you don't eat for a long time, and we've all had this experience, right? We're out running errands or we're working at our desk and we just forget to eat or we're out and we don't have food options, our blood sugar drops. And unfortunately, instead of going to your fat cells to get the sugar that it needs, 
your body does this crazy thing and it goes into your muscle to take the sugar that it needs to stabilize that line, right? So you've got, you've got three options here with your blood sugar after you eat. It can be stable and it stays really good and that's when you feel energized and that's when you feel on and you know, you're satiated and you're not hungry until your next regular meal time or you eat too much sugar and it spikes and you get this, this, this crazy like brain fog and you're tired and oh, by the way, another thing is if there's too much sugar in your system, and your body doesn't need it, aka you're not exercising at that moment, you're not using it to, you know, run away from the proverbial historical animal that was chasing you uh, way back in the day, or even if you're just not getting up and moving, maybe you're eating this huge sandwich with potato chips and a soda at your desk, your body says, oh, I have all this extra sugar, let me store it as fat. Oh, great, thanks, that's just what I want. Not. <laughs> so you really want to try to keep that stable line because if it spikes, not only do you feel like crap, but then the sugar is getting stored as fat in your body. And if there's this dip below the line, your body says, oh, no, not enough sugar. Let me go into the muscle to get what I need. So that's why blood sugar stabilization is so vitally important because you certainly don't want to be storing sugar as fat every time you eat and you surely don't want the sugar coming from your muscles. Okay. So that's baseline. That's blood sugar stabilization 101. How do we do it? How do we stabilize our blood sugar? Well, the easiest way to think about it, and Mike, you can talk a little bit to this, is to think about what we call macronutrients right? Food is divided into these three major macronutrients. I like to break it down into four because people get really confused with the macronutrient carbohydrates, but there's, you know, protein, there's healthy fat, and there's carbohydrates. And I like to put the carbohydrates into two groups is like um, starchy carbs, and then fruit and vegetables, which are carbs that we get fiber from. So, um, Mike, I'll let you speak a little bit to how those macronutrients affect the blood sugar stabilization. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, one thing to, to realize is that, uh, you know, depending on what level of activity you're doing, right? So if you're an endurance athlete, obviously you're going to need more, more carbohydrates than a normal person, and you're not going to store that because you're burning it off. So blood sugar will stay you know, normal. Um, we've certainly have had athletes over the years, um, you know, coaching triathletes that uh, we've had, we've had box in races and that, that does happen. I mean, you hear about people talk about that running marathons all the time, the 20 mile bonk or the 22 mile bonk. And that's not enough, you know, sugar in their blood. Their system has used up all the glycogen, the fat, it's, they're not efficient enough to use the fat. They, they've run right past that. And now they're, they are actually trying to pull energy from the muscle. And that's when you get that massive, massive muscle, muscular breakdown, which is brutal, right? It's just a really painful thing to go through. So, you know, keeping, um, you know, keeping your blood sugar stabilized, you know, that's why I like healthy fats. I think it does that. It keeps you satiated. You don't really go for the sugar because you feel full, um, you know, but balancing it, I mean, everybody's individual, you know, if you're, if you're a, you know, endurance athlete, maybe you're 60% carb and you're 20% fat and 20% protein. Um, if you're a bodybuilder, maybe you're, you know, 60% protein and, and very little fat and, and some carbohydrate, right? It just depends. But, you know, keeping that, keeping it balanced is really the trick. And, and it takes a lot of experimentation. I mean, you, I think, you know, with the plan we give people, we can probably get them 80, 85% of the way there, maybe 90%. But really it's that personal tweaking of, 
man, an avocado does great for me, but you know, maybe a handful of nuts doesn't do it, right? Maybe it just depends on how you're, you know, putting what you're putting in your food and what you're doing with it. But I think that, um, you know, like you said, that the stabilization of the blood is just, it, it just sets up the whole day in terms of, you know, if, if you get started the right way, typically, you know, I, I know that when I go down the bad food path in the morning, I just, you know, the whole day is just crap. I feel lousy, crash, you know, try to come back. Yeah. One simple way of thinking about it that we tell our clients is every time you eat, think about combining protein with healthy fat or carbohydrate, right? Because protein intake is so important. Most of our clients in our program, because they're over 40, are working to build strength. Well, you need protein in order to resynthesize your muscles after you break them down in the program. So. Um, but another thing is like never eat a naked, naked carb. Like if I grab an apple out of the fruit bowl at 10 o'clock because I'm hungry, I'm going to grab a couple almonds to eat with that, or maybe, um, put some hummus on it or put some peanut butter on that. Not because I don't enjoy just a straight apple. I do, but I know certain kind of apples like honey crisp apples, which I love, which have higher sugar content than some other kind of apples. That will spike my blood sugar, and then I'll feel tired. But if I put a little peanut butter on it, then yeah. I'm okay. 100%. So we always, you know, we say, look, shoot for the gold. Every time you put something in your mouth, think, do I have some protein, some healthy fat, and some carb? But at the very minimum, try not to eat a naked carb. I like that. Um, I like that, that. that usually helps. That's, that's kind of a real practical everyday thing. And when, when people kind of shift their mindset to start thinking about that, they realize, one, how much protein they're really not eating. Like most people say, oh, yeah, I get adequate amounts of protein. And then we have them track it and they're shocked right. that they're yeah. not eating like half of what they half think they're what? eating. Right, 100%. And, 100%. and then, you know, and of course, another real easy way to do this, Mike, is to just cut out the processed food, right? I mean, I've said it before, I'll say, say it again, the war for your nutrition program is one in the kitchen. And, um, a lot of people don't want to hear that because they're overwhelmed with prepping and cooking. Um, but you can't eat really, really well if you're eating restaurant food or prepared food 80% of the time. You just can't because that stuff is filled with hidden additives, hidden fat, hidden salt, hidden preservatives, things that do all sorts of crazy things to your it's, GI it's system. It's really the right? cheapest ingredients the restaurateurs can find to put it in your food, make it cheap, fill it up. Um, I actually heard something a couple of years ago. Somebody had gone into GNC and bought a um, tub of protein, okay, 60% sugar. And they're selling it as 20 grams a scoop, right? So maybe you're getting the 20 grams of whey, but maybe you're also getting like 40 grams of sugar in that, right? It's crazy. Right. I mean, it just, the, the additives like you're right. talking about, it's, they're everywhere. You really have to look out right. for them and read labels. I mean, that's, that's a whole nother conversation, but people need to learn how to read labels. It is. And it can be supremely overwhelming. And this totally. is, you know, from someone who has written nutrition programs for, you know, I think my youngest client was nine and my oldest client was 88. I mean, I, I sometimes go into the market and say, what is that? I've never seen that on a label before. Um, but, you know, 
there are ways to support your endeavors to do that. There are apps where you can scan food and it will tell you what the mm -hmm. preservatives and additives are. Um, if you really want to deep dive into it, there's a book called Ultra Processed People. We um, will put the link to it in the show notes with the author. Uh, I mean, it's it's scary, the it's junk true. that's in our food, right? But if you think about buying food and prepping food that doesn't have a label on it, an apple doesn't have a label on it, right? Your fresh vegetables don't have an ingredients list. Broccoli right. is broccoli. An apple is an apple. You can buy conventional apples or organic apples, but at the end of the day, an apple is an apple. You don't yeah. have to worry about, you know, yucky stuff being injected into it. And, um, you know, if you get overwhelmed reading labels, then just scale it back and go to whole real foods and learn how to season them yourself and sweeten them yourself. You know, we use a lot of honey, a lot of maple syrup, um, in our house and we do use sugar to sweeten stuff but you know any cookie you make at home from scratch is going to be 20 times better than the cookie you're buying in a package at the store whether it's chips ahoy or the bakery at the kroger's or the big y or the star market or the piggly wiggly um, so right. avoiding processed foods is another great way to eat um, eat with best practices Go ahead. Sorry, I mean to cut you off. Well, and then I was saying, and then we have to talk about hydration and how that affects your yeah, yeah. I mean, your digestive that's, system. That's right? huge. I mean, just imagine. I mean, this is the worst thing ever. But like, eat a Cliff Bar, which is a bunch of rice brown syrup, and you know, advertises healthy. Probably not that great for you. Uh, if you don't drink like a you know good sixteen ounces of water with that, your stomach will become a bomb within like a half yeah. hour. You know, and I've done it. I've left races where I've had a cliff bar or two leaving, and then I'm in the car, I'm dehydrated, I've raced for two hours, and I'm oh my like, oh my god, my stomach is just what is going on? And then I realize all that crap in that bar has just turned my stomach inside out, right? So not only that, but think about digesting protein. Like protein needs water to be digested, right? Carbohydrates actually has water in it. Vegetables, if you're eating pure vegetables like you're talking about, um, they have water and it, does, it will help digest on its own. But you still need the hydration, <clears throat> you know, to process it. And it's so important, you know, that that water in your system is going to carry those nutrients into your bloodstream, right? So there's another reason why you have to stay on top of hydration. Um, yeah. What were you yeah. What were you going to add to that? Well, you know, obviously there, water is so crucial to so many bodily functions. Mm -hmm. um, and we actually, it's, it's a separate pillar in our program. And a lot of people are surprised by that, right? They think that hydration should be thrown in with the nutrition pillar, right. but we really take a deep dive into hydration because it, it, for people over 40, uh, it can be a very personal thing uh, because certain medications, certain medical conditions do things to your um, personal hydration. And we have to take that into account. That's why it's not just like a, a one size fits all, but just a real easy way across the board to figure out if you're properly hydrated is to just look at the toilet after you pee, right? Mm -hmm. we, we, we have this whole color chart that we send our clients and it's these different gradations of yellow from like almost white to pale yellow to medium yellow, all the way up to brown or green. If you are on the higher end of that chart, you're not hydrated. 
Right. And um, I don't know the exact statistic, Mike. You might know better, but it's something like if you're even 3% or 4% dehydrated, then your ability to perform 100% goes down drastically. 2%. Yeah. It's 2%. Which is, which is like we crazy. We see this in endurance events all the time. You know, it gets hot. People get dehydrated, right? It's it's 90% humidity, 90 degrees. Uh, we will see performances. Like, let's say someone is running eight-minute miles, and they're just chugging along. Heart rate's great. All of a sudden, the heart rate is through the roof, and the and the the, the heart rate is way up, and all of a sudden, the performance goes down. You're like, well, I'm driving my heart rate higher. I should be running faster. That's not what's happening. Because once you're dehydrated, the one thing that carries oxygen to your muscles is water. And once your system, your body says, I'm really hot and sweating, I need to cool my skin, which is the biggest organism in your body. If it can't do that, it will shut everything else down. And that's why someone running eight minute miles, once they drop off that 2%, they can go down to 10 minute miles in a half a mile. I mean, it's amazing to watch. And, you know, looking at a heart rate file from a race or something, I can look at that and go, this is exactly what happened. Get on the phone call with the client and say, is this what happened at mile, you know, 16? They're like, yeah, how did you know? I'm like, well, I can see the heart rate going up. You know, the pace dropped. You must have been dehydrated. Yeah, I didn't stick to my plan. Well, you know, there you go. There you have it. So it is so important, um, you know, even in functionally functionally in a, in a daily life to keep the hydration up. Because think about how, how your performance drops off there. And if you're in a, you know, in a dehydrated state all the time, think about how poorly you're thinking to get your job yeah. or all the decisions. Yeah, well, I know I, if I'm dehydrated, I get a headache. Yeah. You know, I, I literally get a headache. And the other thing that I think is important to mention, Mike, and again, this could be a whole other podcast, but as we age, every decade, our thirst response lessens. So what do I mean by that? I mean that at 40, you're not going to feel as thirsty as you did at age 30 doing the same amount of exercise yet your body still needs the same amount of hydration. So I'm not really sure why it happens, but it's definitely documented. And this is why you see so many seniors get urinary tract infections Mm -hmm. because they're dehydrated because they literally don't drink. They literally have coffee or tea in the morning. And then they may have a sip or two of water with lunch or a sip or two because they don't feel thirsty, but their body still needs the water. So that's another thing to keep in mind um, as, as, as you age, you know? Yeah. I I don't, I could take a stab at why it's important, but I think, I bet the reason is that your joints don't move as well. Right. And you're, you're not as fluid and, you know, muscles aren't calling for those. So maybe your thirst response drops because you're just not needing it. Like you're, you're so fluid and you move so well in your twenties and thirties and even early forties, when that starts slowing down, maybe that's for the body's reason saying, Oh, you're not moving as much. Maybe I don't need as much hydration. So maybe that's why yeah. I would like to look into that. I'll, I'll, I'll research yeah, that. That's a really interesting question. Um, okay. That's a really good question. So that's cool. Well, I'm, I'm excited for the favorite part of the show today. And that favorite part is going to be comparing our breakfasts because, um, LM and I are five months apart. We've been competitive since day, well, day, whatever it is, uh, 150 for her and day one for me. And uh, she was taller than me all the way up until probably sixth grade. Um, so, you know, a lot of competition. A lot farther than him too, just for the record. <laughs> but, but he was let's like say, let's just see what she had for breakfast because I am willing to bet my breakfast crushed her breakfast today. 
So, well, you made a big claim before this podcast that you had the world's best breakfast this I morning. And did. I did. I had everything you need in the breakfast today. Everything. Okay. So my breakfast, I sauteed some spinach in our arugula and avocado oil. And then I added some roasted red peppers into that. And then I put, I put three eggs in and some egg white. So this was for my husband and I. So two mm -hmm. eggs were for him, one egg for me with mm -hmm. extra egg white for me. Um, I toasted two pieces of Iggy's sprouted organic whole grain bread, which I then had some homemade wild blueberry mm -hmm. jam from my mother-in-law's blueberry bushes in New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I had um, some mixed berries, blackberries, blueberries, and raspberries on the side. And I had, well, of course I had my mason jar of water before I had my whole milk latte that my husband made me. Um, yeah, so that was pretty complete, Mike. That's pretty good. That's really, pretty good. Really, yeah. yeah. Okay. So I sauteed uh, some spinach and kale and some olive oil, mm -hmm. not the avocado oil, but olive oil. I had three egg whites and one egg in olive oil. Then um, I combined that in a bowl with brown rice. And um, I also added in some avocado. So I hit the good fats, right? Hit the fats a couple times. Hit the carbohydrate for the day. That'll probably help me, you know, get through the day and feel satiated. Uh, and I had some raspberries on the side. I did not have blueberries. I usually have blueberries. Today I had raspberries. Mix it up a little bit. So I'd say that you were pretty close. I think you may have me on the homemade jam. That was, I didn't have that. Probably. Probably. I will say we didn't, we, we have, um, we had some Brazil nuts with an apple midday at like 10. Like we nice. save our, yeah. So, all right, awesome. maybe we'll call it even, but yeah, I think I got um, you on the homemade blueberry right. jam. I'll let my mother-in-law totally. know. All right. Well, it's great talking and uh, we'll see everybody next time on the podcast. And thanks for listening. And remember, progress over perfection. Thanks for listening, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have a question on anything related to wellness, please send us an email at teen at after 40 We'd love to hear from you. Remember, progress over perfection.